<laughs> I thought you were going to just be like, hello. <laughs> Howdy, y'all, you lovely folks out there. Lovely listeners. Come on with the alliteration. I don't like alliteration. <laughs> Where's that bit going? I just hate it. <laughs> why, why does it sound like you're crying? Because. <laughs> <sighs> Hello. Hello. And welcome to We, we like, like Stuff and, and So Should You. Uh, I'm Brenny. I'm Magnificent Mel. <laughs> I guess we're lifting off from Smelly Nelly. Well, I'm. Well, I guess if you're Magnificent Mel, I guess I'll be. Brenny the Brawn. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd your voice do that? Brenny the Brawn Pawn. I was gonna say uh, Brenny the. B- boastful? Bashful. Doesn't seem like you were gonna say anything. You're not very sure about it. Oh, well, I'm. I was gonna try and figure it out, but then you were like Brenny the Bra, <laughs> so I'm not. You know. Brenny the Beautiful. I'll take it. You know. But yeah, this is a show where we just talk about. <laughs> <laughs> This is a show where Melissa holds one of our rats to the mic, and you can hear him sniffing. Did that, you? Yes, of course. Aww. That was Greg. Nice one, Greg. Uh, but this is a show where we just talk about things that we like, and we hope that we can uh, turn you on to some good old new content to enjoy sticking to your brain holes and pump that serotonin out of new things to enjoy. Alright, and if you're still listening... <laughs> um... We are broadcasting through the <laughs> facilities of Trent Radio at uh, 92.7 CFFFFM. Think you missed an F. I don't know. We should look this up. What 92.7 if we be- C Fun Fresh Fun Fresh <laughs> FM. <laughs> CFFF FM. Is that not what I said? I'm not going to go back and check it, but. Maybe you said that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, do you have a little like to like us off with? I'll tell you, I didn't like what you just said. <laughs> sure thing. Sure thing. <laughs> um, do you have a little like? Yeah. Um,. I was gonna uh, just give like, well, it's technically two things because we actually, I somebody actually told me uh, on Instagram of something to relatively shout out, uh, but the thing that I wanted to specifically talk about was the Pizza Factory. I think we, I might have talked about it before because we generally get it like every couple of weeks, uh, but they just have big old Panzerottis uh, that, like, if I really buckled down, I can eat the whole thing. But if I just am a normal human being and eat it like a normal human being, uh, that's that's like two meals right there. That's usually our dinner and breakfast, which is really fun. It's a fun little thing. Yeah. It's a fun treat. Yeah. And then we get that, you know, that Caesar salad that has so much garlic you want to rip your face off. Nice, yeah. 
if you have their Caesar salad, is too much garlic. Um, it's so good, though. Yeah. It's like the kind of garlic where you eat it and you're like, oh, man, I hope I don't have to go near anybody because my breath is bad. <laughs> That's how much garlic's in it. But yeah, what about you? You yeah. Well, okay. I've got one. Sure. I don't know why every time we, like, do a little, like, my brain is like, you don't like a single thing in this entire <laughs> world. There's not a single thing that you like. Little or small. Um, I guess... My little like it's is, not it's not like this show is like scheduled or has like a set. What do you mean? <laughs> well, if you're thinking of, of a big topic to talk about, well, I have a big topic. Yeah, but you don't think of anything else. No, I don't. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. It's not like this show is like you know scheduled or has like uh, a breakdown of how it rolls. Yeah. So it's. Oh, I guess I'm saying it wrong, but the the joke is sarcastically, it's a it's it's wild that you're never prepared for this. <laughs> is it though? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Melissa, we're like seventy six episodes. Well, we've done this for seventy, like minimum. Yeah. Minimum, you know like I've gotten up and gotten ready in more than seventy six days in my life, and every day, <laughs> I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, my little like is a little video game called Slay the Spire. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. It's a card-based game that is roguelike and very difficult. It, uh, yeah, well... I have not beaten it once. So, like, roguelike is one of those things where if you ever die in the game... You do basically start from scratch, uh, but that is the point of the game. Yeah, I feel like this game's a little bit more unforgiving than other roguelikes I've played because there's not as much. There's like, like there's no like leveling up. Yeah, there's you no one carryover. Special thing at the beginning, which is like helpful, and actually you do unlock new cards if you like get like to have enough. access to them. Yeah, while you're playing through. If you get enough, like, XP through the, your run. So you do end up getting more cards to access. Eventually, but... Uh, like, some of the bosses, I'm like... They're very how ridiculous. Is this, how is this fair? It's like, why does this person get to hit me five times for 30 each? Yeah. Like My that's... maximum health is 80. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty book wild. I've I've watched you play it a lot. Yeah. It looks really fun though. It's like super fun, um, and uh, the characters are cool. There's like neat strategies. Um, there's like a bunch of different like buffs and stuff that really change your gameplay round to round. Um, the last time I played, I had this really great buff system happening, and then I died. Ooh. That's pretty rough. Yeah. I played it pretty uh, free and easy. Yeah. Well, I, I watched you play some of it. And you just like, I don't I don't know if you like really sit down to strategize. And I think that's why it's more unforgiving. I strategize. Well, sometimes I just see you start clicking stuff. 
Well, because sometimes I know what the cards do. Already. Oh, I see, I see. That makes sense. Like, I've just been playing it more than you, so, like, I kind of have an idea yeah. of what stuff is going to do. Sometimes I do play the wrong thing or make the wrong call. But that's, like, normal. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, so, uh, shout out to uh, Random Content Control Room, uh person on Instagram who really, really was just stoked on Garfield. Mondays, am I right? <laughs> so, hey, <laughs> what are your feelings on lasagna? <laughs> lasagna? <Yeah. laughs> so, like, I what are they? Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty positive. Lasagna has like ricotta cheese in it, right? Or something? Yeah. What? Well, Good one does. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? So, like, I got mixed feelings on Garfield. Do you have mixed feelings on lasagna? No. Lasagna's pretty good almost all the time. Uh, well, then you share that with that yellow feline. Yellow? <laughs> Do you know what Garfield is? Garfield's not, not the dog. Orange. He's not the dog. I know he's orange. I don't know why he said yellow. Because of Otis. Yellow? No. I don't even know about Otis. <laughs> yes, you do. Oh Otis is the dog that lives with John. John has Otis and Garfield. Okay, Otis is yellow with a, with some brown spots, I think. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, I don't know what Otis looks like, okay? I'm not saying... Actually? Yeah, like I feel like I've seen him okay. before. But yeah. But I'm not like thinking about him and that's why I thought about yellow. Gotcha. I just meant to say orange and yellow. <laughs> I had this Your brain was like, what's orange made out of? Red and yellow. Probably. <laughs> um, you know what? I want you to sound as dumb as possible on this radio show today. But uh yeah, so Garfield is uh, I really like Garfield, but it, I have, like, mixed feelings. Because I never cared about, like, the cartoon that, um... How do you feel about Garfield's voice? Uh, Garfield's voice by Bill Murray was, like, pretty fun. Um, but the movie itself was, like, pretty awful. <laughs> uh, what was it, like, the second one called, like, Cat in Big City? Big Fat Cat? King Cat? King Fat Cat in the Fat City? <laughs> There was like a, there was the first one where it was like a gimmick. It was like, oh, we're getting a Garfield movie. Why? And then they made a second one that I don't think anybody's ever seen in their entire life. And it was even referenced in Zombieland, where Bill Murray was like, "That's my only regret." <laughs> but um, was being a yellow cat. Yeah, apparently. Uh, but yeah, no, Garfield's got like a weird retention in like internet culture. Uh, one of my favorite like weird. Yeah. <laughs> internet uh, I guess like memes of him is like Garfield this like surreal comic of Garfield being so hungry that he like swallows the entire house but the comic is a four panel comic of John like wandering around in this very dark room and the walls are like furry and he That's gets and he gets to a point where he sees Garfield's like face in the wall because Garfield ate the entire house and John is like oh my god and Garfield's just like John, I'm so hungry. And it's like this weird, like... <laughs> Wait, that's fake, though. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like a... Like, somebody else made this. Oh. Uh, but, like, it's things like that that, like, keep popping up. Or uh, when anybody on the internet talks about, um, like, falling for things that corporations do. 
uh, and somebody posts that picture where it's just Garfield for some reason, uh, and it's just like, um, you are not immune to propaganda. Like, Garfield kept this weird relevance, but I've never, I've never seen or heard of any Garfield comics or TV, like the TV show, uh, in like 20 years almost. So I don't know what happened to Garfield. Who is he? <laughs> but well, what does he want? He wants lasagna. But my favorite thing about Garfield is that he's very like simple. What is Greg doing? Greg is trying to escape. trying to use that that broom over there but uh no the thing about garfield is that like yeah garfield oh so like the i saw i think it is about garfield sorry to interrupt go ahead i think garfield has something that we all can relate to what's that loves lasagna yep hates mondays Uh he's always hungry fair and you know what i think i could be garfield (laughs) yeah He's lazy. I'm lazy. Likes lasagna. I could go for lasagna. Hates Mondays. Oh boy, I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I I saw a lot of people like uh, dissect is probably the wrong word, but it's fits. I saw a lot of people like online just like uh, critically think about Garfield. Uh, And one of my favorite like discussions about him was like, yeah, he's like a typical cat. He's very like nonchalant, but he like is in love with John like the way a pet someone... yeah 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 not like a weird way don't be weird uh but like no i don't know the b movie exists yeah but garfield's not the b movie so it's fine we'll talk about the b we should you know what we should do we should watch the b movie and just like the next day just break it down like paul blart mall cop too i think that would be a fun episode to do the b movie yeah because we did watch it <laughs> <laughs> it was a nightmare. That time I watched it with you, like like last year Based or whatever. Based on all known laws, uh, there is no way that a bee should be able to fly. Um, but that was the first time I've seen that movie. Was it actually? Yes. Uh, and I that was a I've, nightmare. I think that was probably the first time I actually watched the entire movie, and I also fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyways, like just quick snippet about Garfield. Um, he's like a classic cat in terms of like, he's like very nonchalant and like does, looks like, or seems like he doesn't care about anything or just wants food and to be fed. Relatable. But like, why does he hate Mondays? Because John has to go to work. Yeah. And he, he misses John. That's why he hates Mondays. That's cute. It's very sweet. And there's like so many. Or maybe. No, don't ruin this. What does this mean? He is influenced by the culture. Everyone else hates Mondays, so he does too. Yeah, I guess. He joined the bandwagon of Monday haters. Well, maybe, maybe he's the one who's always hated Mondays, and everybody else joined him. Wow. Anyways, my whole point is that he's really sweet. There's so many instances of comics that showcase like how much Garfield actually cares, but he's he's a cat, so he's always showing like, oh, I'm too good for this, or I'm too good for that. And then he'll just like cuddle up with like Otis or, or John. Odie, Odie, it's not Otis, it's Odie. O-D-I-E. I knew something was wrong as I was saying it, and you don't know enough about Odie uh, to have corrected me, but that's fine, it's Odie. I'm pretty sure, I'm gonna look this up. I looked up a picture of him, but I did not look up his name. Anyways, I, I, I think Garfield's pretty great. 
Garfield, you know, Odie. Yeah, it is Odie. Uh, but yeah, Garfield's pretty sweet. Uh, and I hope this is good enough for, uh, what was it, random content control room? Because uh, I don't know if I got any more Garfield content in me. I uh, Like, I haven't seen that. We should watch that second Garfield movie. I'm going to make a list. We got B-movie. We should do Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 again. You should do the first one. No. <laughs> I mean, we do have it, I guess. I think we should do the movie where Kevin James Bud is a zookeeper and the animals <laughs> help him find love. <laughs> yeah. That movie is just called The Zookeeper. Didn't you make me, make me watch it? I think maybe we did watch it. Yeah. Or did we just watch the trailer? When we watched Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, because every single trailer. Oh my was god! Awful. And it was like seven of them! Movie. There was like seven! Why were there so many Kevin James trailers? <laughs> I don't know. He's not that good! He's not good! Hey, well, if you advertise him anywhere, it's gonna be on his own. That's TV. fair, because if you bought it, it's like, <laughs> you like Kevin James? Weird. But here's some more. Um, but yeah, no, that was so wild. Because that whole, like, all of Kevin James's movies are like, hey. You... Oh, yeah, we did watch Okay, that that's what I thought. Because I know too much about that movie. Oh, my God. Because all the, anim- all the animals were like, hey, you know what? You know what? how to get a mate? The way a bear does or the way an alligator does. Yeah, it was you should so, do what we do. It was so dumb. Yeah, it was so bad. And then her other like, love what the... interest was so terrible. Yeah, like, yeah. And was he, like, trying to get his ex-girlfriend back? Or was he, like, interested in somebody new? Wasn't he interested in somebody new? ex-girlfriend who thought that him being a zookeeper was so embarrassing. So, so she, wild. She didn't want to date him because he was a zookeeper. And she was like, that's embarrassing. Yeah. It should I... be something better. Like a, like a bank teller or something silly i don't know i don't know if it's everything but so far my experience with kevin james actually i haven't and i probably will not see all like grown-ups which is kevin james chris rock and i don't know the other adam sandler um so i'm not sure about that movie specifically but so far kevin james's comedy has been like hey you know what's funny fat people you don't want to know why because they're fat so like, <laughs> what? When you have like ice cream dribbling in your mouth from the cone of a child that's like okay, being held. I don't want to go back. <laughs> I don't want to go back into Kevin James Mall Cop saga. Uh, for, if anybody's interested, just go find the episode. I don't know which one is specifically numbered. It's called Paul Cop Mall Mall Blart Two or something. Or go find yourself a copy of it. Yeah. And watch it yourself. And watch one of the better casted villains in a very ridiculous movie get taken out with oatmeal uh, face moisturizer. <laughs> the, the the most Chekhov gun I've ever experienced my entire life where halfway through the movie, the some random henchman <laughs> is like, hey boss, want a cookie? And the boss slaps it out of his hand and is like, that's oatmeal cookie, that'll kill me! And it never comes up again until... Paul Blart's daughter just randomly pulls out moisturizer never seen before only happens now and it's like I got this 
and he just like dies. He likes he, he doesn't die. He has an allergic reaction. I thought I thought he can't breathe. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, I am done. I apologize for taking up like maybe five minutes. I'm just saying, it's a rabbit hole. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, we we really could deep. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> full, filled, full of melted ice cream. Yeah, and milk trucks. And um, segways. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you, yeah, I thought you were doing the S E G U E, not S E G W A Y. Is there a difference in how it's spelled? I don't know. I'm talking about the vehicle. Yeah, no, no, that's not idea. Yeah, yeah I anyways, don't know. anyways, uh, I think I went first last time, so I think you should go first this time. Okay. Hey, Melissa, were you trying to do a song from memory and then you just lost it? So it just went nowhere. Because the first Actually, it's the opposite. What does that mean? I wanted to do a random song, but I started doing a song that was too familiar. Yeah, because I I thought. Okay, okay. Because when you first started, I was like. Okay, I, I get this. If you sing a little bit more, I'll figure it out. And then you, it just went off the rails, like, immediately. You went off the rails onto the road. Yeah. And it was like, what is happening? Okay, so what is your thing? Oh, I thought when you said it was my turn, I thought we were just doing random jingles. No, that is not what you thought. <laughs> We've done 76 episodes of this. That is not what you thought. I thought we discussed a change of plan for the show. But when you said, it's your turn, we just sing for 15 minutes. All right. Aw, Greg's so tired. His cheeks are so chubby. Anyway, I'm just kidding. I do have a thing for real. Prove it. (laughs) I will. My thing is disc golf. Disc golf. Nice. Tell me about disc golf. Also, what does that mean? For anybody who doesn't know, because I did not understand properly until like last year. When you kind of like, I kind of like had to straightforward ask and be like, what does this mean? Disc golf, like what it sounds if you break it up into its two pieces. Okay, disc. Disc and golf. Okay. So, the golf part. Are you playing golf on the disc? Yeah. How'd you know? Okay. It's like, you know, when you go to the fair and there's like those spinny. Horseshoes? No. When you go to the fair and there's like that spinny UFO ride? Frisbee? Oh, the UFO f- fair? Yeah. You go to like a... Oh, when you said fair, I was thinking Renaissance fair, and I was like, what are you talking oh, about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Empty no... fair, there's rides. Yeah, yeah, the UFO ride. Yeah. Basically, you go in one of those, spins really fast, there's a hole in the middle, and you try and golf into it. The UFO's the disc. Gotcha. What, that wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be, considering how wrong it was. Okay. Well, I thought it was funny, but I guess... Were you laughing? Did it make you laugh? 
No. It was really bad. Okay. Please uh, continue as to what disc golf is. <laughs> uh, anyway, going back to the root words. Yes, disc and then golf. Disc and then golf. We'll start with the golf part. Okay. Basically, the goal of disc golf is to... Actually, you know what? We'll start with the disc part. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, y'all know about golf? Cool. That's all there is. Let's get to the disc. No, I just want to start with the disc. Basically, instead of using clubs and golf balls, you use a disc. Um, I use a frisbee. However, there are... Wait, are there like legitimate discs you can get? Yeah. It's not just frisbees? There's legitimate discs. Does Aaron and Alex have discs? No. Okay. But Aaron and I have been considering getting discs. Y'all gotta they're... start using your climbing shoes more before you start getting discs. I know. Okay. It, there's not a negative it, thing. Like, climbing is expensive. Oh, I guess you're not a student at Trent anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, Continue. Uh, anyway... There are special discs that you can play with. There's like long range, mid range, and short range discs. They're like different weights. Um, so like you have like, normally when people play, they have like a whole set of different discs mm-hmm. they use. Um, but uh, I'm not that fancy. I just use a frisbee. And, uh, Wait, a set of discs? Like different putters and stuff? Like that's the whole bit? That's what I just said. Uh, sorry. Long range, mid range, and short range discs. I didn't I didn't hear that part for some reason. Okay. I just heard the set of discs. Yeah, they're like different weights and stuff. Dang, okay. Um, so like you Yeah, have different ones to throw depending on where you're at. Very much like golf, where you have different clubs to use depending on how far you are away from the hole. Mm-hmm. Now to the golf part. You use a disc. Um, similar to golf, there is a hole that I say with air quotes because it's not a hole at all. Um, it is a um, pole that sticks out of the ground with a little basket attached to it that has chains in it. Um, the chains are for catching your disc when you throw it towards the pole. Gotcha. Um, all of the holes do have and I'm calling them holes, but I guess I don't really know what other word you could use for it. But each of the um, holes on the course all have like pars, just like in golf. And so you want to try and get it in in the least amount of throws. And you could still do like um, holes in one and stuff like that? Yeah. I guess throws in one? Yeah. Nice. That's like the goal. That would be your ultimate goal to get a hole in one. Um, but uh, very, very difficult to do. How so? How far away is the hole? Because like, if this is not proper golf, then like, what? Depends on the course. So there's two disc golf courses in Peterborough. Okay. That I know about. Um. One is by um, the zoo. Um, oh yeah. There's like an 18 hole. What? Course. 18 different little chain poles hanging out? No. So that's the thing. There's only nine chain poles. 
but there's... Like 18 different approaches, I guess. Yeah, so each basket has two different holes associated with it. Gotcha, yeah. So yeah. there's eight, but um, all of the... Uh, sorry, so each basket <laughs> has two holes associated with it, but the holes don't start at the same place. Yeah, so different yeah. approaches. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's 18 holes there. The course, um, that's at Jackson Park is, uh, an eight, no, nine, nine hole course. So, like okay, okay. Um, so one of them just doesn't have two different approaches. What? You said it's nine holes. Yeah. So one of them doesn't have two different approaches. Yeah, like the course. What? I th- so you said the 18 hole one near the par- a park uh, park uh, the, the zoo yeah. has nine holes has nine chains yeah. with two different approaches each yeah. to make 18. Yeah. So if the one at Jackson Park has nine yeah. each hole has their own approach one approach. Oh I see gotcha. I don't know why that took I don't know why that was very difficult for me. I apologize. Okay. Uh, there's like quite a few differences between the two courses. The one near the zoo. I'm so sorry. The one near the zoo is um, more flat. There's less obstacles. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that there's no obstacles. but uh, And it's also farther distances. You have to throw the disc. Gotcha. Um, the one at Jackson's Park is like, um, like buck wild. Well, it's shorter distances. You have to throw the disc, but there are more obstacles in the way when Mm. you're playing. Um, and, uh, some of the holes are way more challenging because there's like more terrainy things. (laughs) There's more stuff with the terrain. Yeah. Okay. I, I just you're you're having such a hard time finding words because now you're into it trying to describe this. So being goofy isn't going to help describe this. So you have nothing to hold on to while you're trying to explain disc golf. You're doing a great job though. Thank you. Um. Yeah. So it's really fun, and uh, yeah, a lot of them have like a par three, so you have like three shots to get it in mm-hmm. um but it's actually quite challenging um because like you know if you've ever thrown a frisbee before you know how unpredictable it sometimes can be if you're not like training and throwing frisbees all the time and are like super <laughs> accurate and know like how your throws are gonna go like i would say i'm fairly good at throwing a frisbee like just if I'm playing with like people, I'm very ac- fairly accurate. You're you're saying correct things, yeah. but just the idea of like because everything t- requires skill. Yeah. But just the way you're describing this, it, it like it does well, require so much more skill to be accurate like every time like 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 regular golf. Yeah, yeah. It just sounds. It's one of those things that like sounds a little bit funny. Okay, I'm just saying that like disc golf. 
is like very approachable. Oh, like gotcha, so, gotcha, gotcha. I didn't gotcha. say this part, but more so than like actual golf because you don't need like a set of golf clubs and you don't need to pay a lot of money to go to a golf course. Mm-hmm. Like at least in Peterborough, both of the courses are free. So you just go and play them. So there's not like a lot of costs associated with it. Unless you have like special discs or unless you, um, yeah. So you really only if you spend money on the discs are you spending a lot of money to play disc golf. Um, if you just invest in a frisbee, it's not that that much. Yeah. Um, however, it still like requires a lot of skill um, and is quite challenging. So. Well, that's fair. Um, how long does a game take? Depends. I, well, uh, yeah, it depends on like how many, like how how long does like each hole take. Depends. <laughs> so I guess um, that's fair. Like I don't know. I would say it could take anywhere from. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> I would say it could take anywhere from. Like, if you throw really well, <laughs> like. Three minutes, or it could take like seven. Oh. I don't know. Okay, so like it doesn't take that long. Okay, so like a game, like at Jackson Park, that game is like, what, like half an hour? I would say it's like forty minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Half an hour if everybody's real good. But also, we were playing with four people, so it takes a bit longer. Right? Because everyone has to throw. And then you have to go to where your disc lands and then throw from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, it's, like, super fun. Um, the park that's at, or the course that's at Jackson Park, I think it's actually called Hamilton Park. But really? But it's, like, in Jackson Park, but that specific Oh, that, yeah. Hamilton Park. Um, they, uh, the course there, Aaron, Alex, and Nate actually met the person who designed that course. Oh, okay. Because he was just there one day <laughs> when they were playing. Yeah. And they were, like, chatting with him about, like, his design, and he actually was trying to get, like, another disc golf course set up in Peterborough. Oh, okay. Um, because it's like doesn't really take up that much space and like the space around it is still usable mm-hmm. you know like you can have a disc golf course and people can still like pretend like, it's walk. just like a regular park yeah it's not it's not like a golf course where like you can't go on a golf course and just sit on a tee you could if you were raw okay yeah, <laughs> you could technically but like, no, I, I know what you mean. Because, like, any kind of interruptions it's like not that... not like a paywall. Yeah. To, like, do disc golf. And like, any kind of interruptions in, like, regular golf, like, white people will be so mad. Yeah. Or old people. Whichever whichever hits that bar first. Sure, yeah. Um, so... <sighs> it's like a Rich really, people. There it is. Yeah, it's like a really great... Um, Inclusive. Game. Yeah, it's inclusive, but it's also, um, like, good for, like, um, c- 
creating something that's like really fun and engaging and community building, but in like a way that uses space effectively. Yeah. Um, I didn't think about disc golf being this like unproblematic is the wrong word. It's the opposite of problematic though. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe that, but it's like, it's not unproblematic. It's literally, uh, it's, it's good, uh, good, good, good. I don't know how to do this. You know what I mean though? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm sorry if you're listening to this on like the radio or something. You have no idea what I'm going on about. You lied. You said so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, something else that's cool about that is that guy who had designed the course was, like, I guess just hanging out for a bit, and uh, that day when they were playing, um, uh, Nate got a hole-in-one, Yo. and the guy saw it. So imagine how cool you'd feel. The creator of disc golf saw you. The creator <laughs> of disc golf. I know. Okay, he didn't invent it. But he invented the course and set it up. So. so he probably looked at Nate and was like, I gotta change this. And it was on a very difficult hole that has. That specific hole is hole number numero nine, the last hole. Ooh. And it has this tree, or like these two trees, I guess. I don't really know. It's like. I don't know exactly the logistics of the tree. But there's like two giant like trunks that have like fallen over or grown Ooh, sideways. Yeah, yeah. That are like right in line with the hole. So you have to like either go over it or under it. So it's like a very big obstacle that's very distracting. That's pretty sweet though. And so like yeah, he got a hole. Well that clearly wasn't planned. Was that planned? I don't know. Oh, okay, cool. Um, but that's not the first time that he got a hole one on that hole. So. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I actually did pretty well back um, when I was playing. The first time um, Aaron and I played, like, last weekend, we did the one by the zoo, and my score was pretty bad. Um, but I had a lot of fun. And then this time, I feel like I got closer to Par? four. Yeah, I was, like, averaging, like, four shots per hole. Well, um, and I got par a couple of times. Oh, okay. Getting any eagles? No. We're still using golf terminology, right? I'm doing this yeah. right? Okay, cool. I think an eagle is... Like, two, two below par. Okay. Well, a birdie... Okay, so... Well, a birdie is when you do it in two shots, isn't it? I thought a birdie was just... One below par? So it's it's always so a hole in one is its own thing. Yeah. And then par is zero. Yeah. And then one below, I thought it was a birdie. I think three is an eagle, depending on the course. Okay. Most of those holes only have par three. Oh, okay. So I don't know if we have the space to have birdies and eagles. Well birdies for sure. Yeah. Well, I and like then, saying birdie better, so But then so what is plus one and two? bad (laughs) that's what i always get excuse me that's fair i always get plus one or plus two and sometimes plus three fancy there's words 
Very good. <laughs> he says, disc golf's okay, but he can't throw a frisbee. No, he just bites it. Mm. He doesn't. <laughs> He'd like to ride on top, maybe. Ooh. Maybe if but we like, have like a platform that spins independently of the actual disc, so he doesn't spin. Well, no, he doesn't. I don't throw it with an on with him on it. What is so? What happens? I just what you... put him on top, and then I like pretend. Oh, you're holding it. Gotcha. That's good. And then he's just like, whoa, whoa, and I'm like, but I also hold it upside down so it's like a little cup, like a little tray, <laughs> and I'm like serving him up to the world. <laughs> Alright. What do you think about that? I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I was going to talk a little bit about the history of disc golf, but I kind of don't want to. (laughs) Well, Uh, it sounded like you kind of wanted to stop way before. No, I was good to keep going. Okay. But uh, I um, have been having a hard time speaking, so... Or focusing, it seems. Yeah, so I think I'm going to... Are you going to call it? it? I'm going to leave it at that. Honestly, Um, that was a solid, like, 20 minutes. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. You want to look about up about the history of disc golf? I read about it briefly, and it's actually pretty boring. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. Maybe it's good that we skip we skip this. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. So I was actually going to talk about uh, a game. It's not Elden Ring this time because I think we should both talk about Elden Ring. So we should play that because you've been playing Elden Ring. I basically, I'm basically on like technically a third and fourth playthrough because I'm playing with you and I'm playing a, a third playthrough on the Xbox. But uh, I'll talk about Elden Ring another time. I The game I wanted to talk about was Inscription. Ooh. It's a game uh, that you uh, told me about and you were like, go buy it, go download it so we can play it together. And I was like, well... It's only a computer game and I don't have... Well, it probably would work on my computer. Yeah. It's very low maintenance, but I, you have a fancy. I, I literally have a gaming computer. That you don't use. I have used it. Mm-hmm. I have. What game have you played on it? I played Halo with Mike. I okay. went to his house. Yeah. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. We just did that one time. Yeah. What other games do you play on it? Bro Force. <laughs> <laughs> very intensive. Okay. Um, have this like special high graphic, like yeah. I spent w- the, Melissa. There's an episode called a three thousand dollar mistake. Yeah, I talked about this computer. Yeah. Anyways, so this game's called Inscription. It's a uh, spelt uh, the inscription part or script part is C R Y P. It's a roguelike deck building game. Developed by Daniel Mullins Games and published by Devolver Digital. What else has Devolver done? I can't. I can't do this right now. I'm just gonna, I literally clicked the link and I was like, no, I need to talk about Inscription. Uh, it came out. Oh, it only came out last year. Dang. Okay. Yeah. So it's described as a meta-fictional game. Uh, the meta part is that like we playing the game, like we know that it's a game, but the game also knows that it's a game. Yeah, and there's also like a whole. There's like a a, a found footage yeah. side story that's happening. The story was actually pretty good up until the very ending, and I won't spoil it. Uh, but I was not a fan <laughs> after I found out what 
the. I was asleep for the end of the game. Yeah. Honestly, very disappointed. <laughs> no, honestly, you made the right choice. <laughs> yeah, I I only liked the first part of the game. So like, so okay, so we'll, we'll break it down. There's a couple parts of this game. Very and good. If you want to play this game, it's very cool. I would recommend it. Honestly, Maybe. stop stop listening. Yeah. Come if you want to play Inscription, it is a deck building game. So if you like like any kind of like trading card game or deck building game, you would really like this game. And it's a horror game. Yes, it is a. It, it's also like a like a, an escape room type of game. Yeah. And that's that's what really drew us both in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not gonna like spoil the story. But I am gonna talk about like a little bit about the game. So if you don't want to hear spoilers proper of this game. Because let me tell you, when we got through like the first part of the game, and we got to the second part, I was like losing it. I was like screaming, uh, but internally, because Melissa was like kind of sleeping, she woke up and she was like, "What is this game?" And I was like, "The same game." And she was like, "Huh?" Um, and the reason Melissa didn't like the second part was that it's very so. The first part was very much very intuitive for me and Melissa to like sit down together and play. Because we'd both be able to like sit there, make decisions about what cards we want to play, what cards we want to choose, things like that. The second part of the game. So let's just maybe talk about the first part of the game first. Oh well, okay. The second part was just so involved; it was just diff- more difficult for like two of us to make these decisions, especially because all the text was small and things. Anyways, first part of the game, you start the game. Um, does it start with the found footage stuff? Can't remember. I think it just starts with you sitting at the table. Cool. So yeah, you, it's the game starts, you, you're sitting at this table. Oh, and when you start the game, you cannot start a new game. Yes, you are continuing. That was a huge point. Um, so you press continue, starting at, you're sitting at this table, and this guy in the darkness is just like, ah, perfect, another, I don't know, sacrifice or whatever. Uh, I guess we should get, get playing. And it kind of like tutorializes a bit of the game. You're given like a starting deck of like five cards. Shows you the cards and it's like, cool, this is what you do. Um, each of the cards, they have like a power and health. Um, and sometimes they have like a sacrifice. So some cards need to need to sacrifice like one or two creatures, sometimes more, in order to put them on the field. Uh, there's it's like Yu-Gi-Oh. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because I guess some creatures don't have sacrifices. Uh, typically in, the fir- in, in, the, in this part of the game, uh, it's very like beast, beasts and like... The forest area so your free cards that have like one health and zero attack are squirrels you can draw from the squirrel pile or you can draw from your deck and as you play through the game your deck grows uh, but similar to what you're talking about in what was it slaying the spire uh, your deck resets every game uh, the cards that you unlock are accessible throughout like new games or, or new new uh, new yeah new games but uh, you always start with like five or six cards. Uh, so yeah, you just go through, uh, and everything is just like weird and new and exciting and scary and spooky. You're playing against this guy sitting across the table from you, sitting in the dark. You cannot see this man. It's very, it's very like, like it's, it's like very animated. Yeah. It's not like realistic. It's like, but it's it's like very border. Spooky. It's like Borderlands esque, but like a little bit less cartoony. Very creepy. And then, so yeah, as you're playing this game, there's like two cards that you run across. One is called the stink bug, and one is called the ferret. No, the stoat. The stoat. And as you're playing, you you run across the stoat first. And the stoat is like, actually, you're playing. 
the stoat literally is asleep. And you play him down, and he gets hit. He's like, what? 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 We're doing this again? And it's like, yeah, what do you... They're just sentient. Yeah. And he's just like, what do you mean again? What's happening? Uh, you then need the stink bug. And, and like, the sentient cards, you it's just scary and spooky. Yeah. But it's cool, like, storytelling and world building. Yeah. Kind of, like, learn about this, like, lonely, spooky man in this cabin who's, like, challenging you. And I really like the story as it is in that cabin. So, I'll talk about I'll talk about the nonsense that happens later, but you're right. The story in the game is really cool. Um, there's literally, like, one issue. Um, and actually, I will do, like, a big spoiler alert if you don't want to hear it. Anyways, I only got, like, ten minutes left. But yeah, the game is just that. Building up cards uh, that you ha can have access to later, and just, like, playing against this guy. Um... So, in terms of like a small spoiler alert, whenever you die, uh, the 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 wh what's his name? The Axeman, the Beastman, the Cabin guy. What's his, what is his name? I forget. I don't remember. Uh, but the like the the antagonist, or he's not even like really an antagonist. He's just like in charge of this game. Um, because it's clear that some like you'll run across cards that are like clearly used to be people or look like. They have people names, they look like people, but they're just like black figures. Uh, when you die, the guy's just like, oh, that's a shame. Cool, come over here. And he like throws you into this uh, room. Uh, and he's like, hey, can you uh, pass me that camera? So you grab the camera, take a picture of him. And he's like, silly, I have the film, idiot. Uh, and he puts the film in uh, and he goes through the cards that you went through and it's like, okay, we have to build a card for you. So you pick a power just randomly. You pick a health randomly. You pick an ability randomly. And the last thing, you pick a name. We just started combining our names together. So it was like Melba, Toast, Melba Bread, uh, Bralissa, I think we did. It was very stupid. Uh, but then the man just takes a picture of you and you die. Like, you vanish from existence and you become a card. It's very terrifying. And then when you, like, you just have to, like, start a new game. And you just sit back down and the guy's like, cool, another challenger, let's go. And it's, like, very, it's just terrifying. You know nothing about this world. Like, when you start, you can, like, get up from the table and look around. And there's, like, a clock behind you that's, like, really spooky and weird. Uh, and you can like move the hands of the clock. There's like a picture that has things that you can take from it. There's like a wolf in a cage. It's very confusing. Uh, you can't like leave or anything. It's just, it's so spooky. Um, but like playing the game, like building those decks, like the roguelike part of it and, and going through it and through it and through it and getting better and getting like understanding how the cards work and what's going on. It's so fun. And there's like really cool cards. There's a card called the Ouroboros. Uh, classic, if you know what the Ouroboros is, or like the concept of it, it's just like a, it's a snake eating its tail or something. It's like an infinite animal or something. I don't know. Um, its whole deal is that whenever it dies, it gains a health and, a, and an attack. So you can like set up your board that you can sacrifice it and like get it back. 
either that game or that round or whatever. So by the end of the game, we had the Ouroboros at like 16-16. And when you're facing off against each other, oh, I guess another part of like the actual battles or duels, when you're facing off against each other, there's four rows that you can place cards on. And they, they will either attack a creature in front of it, or if there's no creature in front of it, they will attack the person directly. Uh, and there's basically a scale of health. It starts in the middle, and you basically have to overcome five points of damage. So if I get hit for three, I, ha I have to therefore totally, uh, in total, damage the enemy by eight in order to get past that, because I have to be five plus. It's like the scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, said, I think I said that. So the Ouroboros, at 15, you can give some of these creatures, like, trample or, like, like piercing attack. So it's like, I can just get the Ouroboros to just hit once. Mm -hmm. And we get <laughs> and we win. So, like, by the end of it, it was like, every time we saw the Ouroboros as, like, a card we can, like, throw into our deck for that run, it's like, yeah, I guess, I guess we win. <laughs> I guess that's it. Yeah. But it felt earned because it was, like, by the time we got to that point... And it didn't always, like, sometimes, some matches it was easy, but it wasn't always easy just yeah. because you had it. And, 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 like, by the time we got to that point, we probably won, like, maybe three or four times. I know I won, like, a couple times without you. You fell asleep. You were kind of upset, and I'm sorry. But, like, we probably died, like, seven. And, like, me and you, well, maybe less, but, like, me and you, like, me specifically... I've played a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! I've made Pokemon decks that are pretty good, but I've only played them, like, once. And I keep making magic decks. Uh, uh, side note, the new the Streets of New Capenna had just come out, and boy howdy, is it a really cool set. But I keep making decks, so, like, me and you are pretty good at, like, devising how, like, to strategize a bit. So, like, it still took us a while, but, like, it just felt good. It felt earned. We were like, yeah, we got Ouroboros to 15-15, or 16-16, whatever. So every time we got it, it was like, yeah, we deserve it. Get this fisherman out of here. And it was great. And then you you basically... So, spoiler alert a little bit. Uh, like, properly. Because this is probably like the last bit I'm going to say. You get to a bit of the game. And, you know... You, you do all the, like, escape room-esque stuff, and you have to beat the guy one last time. When you do, you, like, are removed from this cabin, and you enter the actual game of inscription, which is like this... Well, you have to... You finally get the option to press new game. Yes, that's it. When you press new game, you're thrown into the, the actual game of inscription, which is like this 8-bit, maybe 16-bit, like, top-down like pixelated game where you're going to different worlds to uh to like battle like these four what were they called scribes or something yeah scribes with a y yeah and then they made the cards yeah and you learn like then you're introduced to four different styles of cards and decks there's the beasts there's the robots there's the uh like magic people magicians and there's the zombies each have their own style and their own like play tactic, you find out that the beast man uh, is one of these four scribes. Leshy. Leshy, yes. Cool, cool name. 
was about to swear, and I was like, oh, I gotta pull it back. I, like, I pull it back for school. I gotta pull it back for this. Uh, but his name is super cool. Yeah, I actually really liked him, and I think I don't think he like. Anyways, there's a whole bunch of new stuff you learned about, and Melissa came into this part and was like, "What's going on?" And I was like, "I'm sorry." This game is now so much more involved, and I have so many more cards to, like, handle. Well, because you have to pick a deck to use, and I thought, oh, wizards sound cool. Let's yeah. pick the wizard one. But then the whole strategy of the deck was completely different. Than the beast, and, yeah. like, I liked what we were doing before, and I liked the beast cards, and I liked the strategy we had. And so I was just like, oh. Well, and, like, by near the I end... I really liked the wizard. Well, I could have changed it. I talked to you about that. No, I know. But okay, okay. I just, as I, long as you knew. Oh, no, yeah. No, just, it was fine. It was just like... It was so different. Yeah. And like the zombies were really cool. So like the whole strategy with the wizards, the beasts, you sacrifice to get creatures out. The zombies, they have like, you pay for them with bones. So if creatures die, you collect bones. And that's how you pay for these zombies or skeletons. Uh, the robots have like... Bones are their money. money. But also, they're bones. Uh, watch, uh, at, what is it? Please leave. I what? think you should leave. I think you should leave. Everybody should watch that. Um, uh, it's very stupid. Anyways, the robots had like this mechanic where you could put like batteries down and power up your, your, your creature cards. Uh, and the, what was it? The magicians, you didn't like sacrifice or pay bones. You had to like get these like, obols out or like these like little spheres of power and if you had like an orange sphere you could play any of the orange cards but there was orange green and blue cards and it was like a whole other thing and it was just like a nightmare uh, I thought it was really cool but it was like so involving Melissa was like I want to watch you play but like I can't really like I don't know what's going on with these cards anymore because every time I got new cards as well it was like well I have to I have to like try and change up my deck to make it appropriate to like do all these new fights and you do all these fights Proper spoiler alert. Proper, proper, proper. The secret, the secret of this game is that this, like, floppy disk that that it holds this game, apparently, like, oh, they're boggling. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, the secret of this game is that they're... Oh. Oh, I can hear it. I was confused as to what that noise was. Anyway, secret of this game is that there's, like, Nazi code on this floppy disk? Yeah. And I was losing it. I was like, why is this? Why is this a thing? And like, there's a whole, there's a whole, like, like the Nazis during the, the Second World War did like wild experiments and they did like horrendous things, obviously. Um, so like the whole play is that they were like experimenting with this like AI code and they like threw it onto this disc, this floppy disc, and it made the game like sentient. That was a cool concept, but just make the game sentient for whatever reason and like i want to know more about the game world itself i wanted to explore more of that um which was kind of a shame that like it ended with just like yeah nazi code whoops but anyways that's a description and you should still play it um i'll put like a thing in the end here that's like hey when i start talking about description if you don't want to hear spoilers just skip to like literally 59 minutes because this is it uh thanks to matt campbell for <laughs> for uh doing the background music uh if anybody else wants a cool shout out, send us a message on Instagram or email. Our Instagram is WLSassy at WLSASSY. Our email is we like stuff and so should you at gmail.com. Thanks to everybody at Trent Radio, and we'll see you next time.
Bye. Bye.